51 degrees, 54 minutes, 4 seconds north, 8 degrees, 30 minutes, 11 seconds west. I work in UCC, in the Department of Folklore and Ethnology, but also with the Northside Folklore Project. And basically, our business is to sit down with people and talk to them about life in the city. That's everyday life, whether it be two years ago or in the 1940s. What we're in the process of doing is putting these stories and memories onto an online map so that people all over the world will be able to visit the map. They might click on a point and what will happen then is they'll hear a story or a memory associated with that point on the map. So what I'm doing at the moment is going around the city and I'm taking photos of the different spots that are associated with some of the excerpts that we've already picked out. And I also have to take a GPS reading, of course, to be able to put the spot on the map, but also maybe later to guide people on a walking tour of the city that they can use with their smartphones. So they can stand in the very spot where I'm standing now and actually hear the stories from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Banjo's pub, Blarney Street, GPS readings for our CNFP, 51 degrees. 54 minutes. Banjo, no, he wouldn't drink in his own pub at all. He'd drink no Norton Street and sit on his side, a board on, on his old cat and the horse would find its way home then over Market Bridge and just walk the way up the side of the road and he'd stop outside the pub and the, the wife would take him off to the car. <laughs> and that's that's very true. And she, she'd put him off into it and... Uh, someone would take the, the, the tackle off the horse and leave the cat outside and there was a bar and a lounge, you won't believe the snow. But the bottom were with the old timber seats. But the the way to get the horse to the stables was to go through the lounge. So uh, if there was anyone inside in the lounge, then uh, he'd open the door and he said, Up a minute there, lads, and clickety-clack through the lounge to get the horse out, which was perfectly normal and the lads sit down then again and have to drink away in the pint. One of our interviewees, Sean Lane. I'm standing here on McCurtain Street at the intersection of McCurtain Street and Summerhill on the north side of Cork City. It's a fairly busy interchange and one of the reasons why I'm here is because as a busy interchange it would have been a place where one of our interviewees, Johnny Chris Kelleher, would have stood as an echo boy selling the echoes to the traffic coming along. So when he was standing there outside the Coliseum one day selling papers, a friend came up to him who worked in the mortuary in one of the city hospitals. And Sean used to come up to me for his echo every night and he came over this Friday night and he said, Johnny, guess who's in the slab over? I'd have said everybody but the man that was there. He said, Christy Ray. I couldn't believe it. Guy suddenly. I, he was at the day sitting over Morris yes, Island. Uh, now, the traffic, there was two lines of traffic and they were closed in by one another. I turned around after Sean went away and I went to walk down the traffic. I was a bit caught in the chest because to us ring appeared to be indestructible. And in walking down, the second car on my lift was a state car. And sitting in the back seat was Jack Lynch. He was lying back in the seat like that. He had a load of papers on his lap. And he'd done that to me, called me. And he leant forward with his left hand. And he walked down the window. And he had it half down. And I was standing outside the door. And I said, 
Mr Lynch, very sad news. At the time, there was terrible bombing going on in the north, and he must have thought of something like that, and I said to him, Mr Lynch, Christy Ring is dead. He fell back in the seat. He, he Two white streaks came down the side of his nose with the shock, and the very words he said to me was, but that can't be. The lights changed, and he dropped well, I'm standing now on Sherman Crawford Street and I'm almost completely surrounded by big red sandstone buildings. But what I'm looking at is a big grey building. It used to be McKechnie's Cleaners. And uh, one of our interviewees, Margaret Newman, who grew up on, in Greenmount in the south side, she got a job here when she was 15 years old, pressing men's suits. They used to take in suits, they did dyeing as well. One of the things she was telling us was uh, perhaps a story that wouldn't have been common knowledge 40 years ago. I was there one week and there was a big ball in the city hall. And we had two lassies that were going to a dance and they had no, yeah, no dresses. They couldn't afford to buy them. So all the dresses came in and we picked out two dresses the dresses were after being cleaned they came up to be ironed and we all, we all fitted them, two of them and they went to the dance so they brought them back in the next morning and they went down to the cleaners again but there was nothing happened to them they've got a warning that they dare if anything happened to those dresses because all those jobs were that thing we always find that when people hear our clips, they immediately come out with stories of their own. And during Heritage Week, actually, we're having an exhibition of what we've collected so far in Civic Trust House on Pope's Quay. And it's an exhibition, but it's also going to be collection. It's a chance for people to contribute their own memories in mini-interviews. So all this week of Heritage Week, people can come along, look at the stories that we have, listen to a few of them, and then contribute their own memories, whether they're well-formed stories or just images that they have in their heads. I'm in the area of Shandon now and Pat Spate grew up in Chapel Hill here, just literally in the shadow of the North Cathedral or North Chapel. He told us the story about a disaster that happened to him at Christmas time. Back then, there was this area called the Koopa probably so-called because it had been a cooperage just down the road from him. And what existed there was a wall. Now, from the roadside, it was maybe eight foot high. So we used to climb that eight foot wall, which is about 15 foot of a wall down the other side. And when you got to the bottom, it is where everybody dumped everything and anything. Everything was dumped there. But I remember my mother was cooking the Christmas dinner and uh, she was cooking away there. And the thing at the time was you got your turkey and you cleaned it out just so there was wasn't the same thing, chopped off the head, cleaned her. And my job was to pull the sinews out of the legs. You, I had pliers and I used to pull them out. But when that was finished, my mother would have all the innards and all the smelly stuff, the gizzard, the whole lot, right? And wrapped in newspaper. And my job was to go down to the Koopa and throw it over the wall. That was our way we got rid of stuff then. Yeah. Now, we didn't know at the time about all these kids. Anyway, that just wasn't environmentally friendly or anything. But I was grand, used to doing it no problem, till this year, I can remember as if it was yesterday. Mad panic when I got back up. 
My mother couldn't find a wedding ring. Gone, gone, missing, 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 missing. So I said, geez, we tried to ever couldn't find it. So she said she knew exactly where it was. She lost inside the turkey when she would clean outside. Go down below to do it, right? I climbed the wall anyway. Got down the other side of 15 feet. Not only was my mum's parcel there, there was about 15 other turkeys wrapped up in everything from the examiners to newspapers to the news of the world. I had to go through each and every one of them. I nearly died. I was only young. So I came back up. I was nearly fit to cry. No, I was sick. I was nearly fit to cry. And I said to my mother, I, I couldn't find it. Ah, she says, all right. She said, I found it. It was stuck in a tea towel. Pat's bait, one of our interviewees, and we're very eager for anybody to feel that they're welcome on the map and that we'd like to hear their story and make them part of the Cork memory map. GPS readings for our CNFP, 51 degrees, 53 minutes, 0.58 north.